call us on 086-000-2032. What happened to you this week? What for you is the big issue of the week? But yeah, your story this morning. That's the question. 086-000-2032. Uh, Kleena in Clarkstorp, we've been trying to hear from you this morning. Go for it. Cascovadia <laughs> and BLSA. Yes, yes, uh, Stephen. It's true that uh, what that we into that debate which we had earlier on. Um, I think that this is a, a the, the gentleman Kovadi unfortunately was very evasive. This is a clear cut case of a conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. You are sitting there as a board member. You're talking about Busi Mavuso now, hey? She she was Busi the board Mavuso, member, yeah. Yes, yes, and then you take. Uh, this is a case of a conflict of interest, no doubt about it. You put it very clearly, uh, it's a flagrant assault on the good governance. It's hmm. purely not good governance. What they, what he says that she made, she theory. played no part in the decision, that she, she basically no, 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 left no, to the board. That's hogwash. That's hogwash, Stephen. You, you can't say that uh, being the CEO of a BLSA that he did not take any part in the... Hmm. Uh, but she admitted, he admitted, Kovadia admitted that there is a gray area. And yeah. uh, what is that gray area that he was making admission of? What is that gray area? That is a very thin gray area. You cannot say that you, you have not taken any part in the decision. How do we know that? As a matter of fact. Well, it uh, would be, I mean, if there was a meeting of the board, it would be minuted. So you would know who was in the meeting and who wasn't. That's how you would know. But, but yeah. they, they, they ought not to have done that in the first place. Yeah. They ought not to have done that because... It, uh, Mavuso is conflicted by virtue of her being a member mm. of the board of ESCOM. Sure. She, that, that constituted, and also being part of the BLSE, that constituted a conflict of interest. You take it to somewhere else, mm. right? Yes, if uh, the Raiders approached Mavuso as, he, as they say, then Mavuso should have at least recommended somebody else or some other company to conduct the investigation sure. into ESCOM's affairs, not for her, for the company which she is part of, mm. uh, to do that. That is that is hogwash. Quite frankly, it's, it's, a, it's yeah. an assault really on good governance, and uh, these things must not be tolerated in our All right. in yeah. our in our, in our sure. constitutional democracy. All Thank right. you so much. Kleena, thank you. Okay, I think we've heard you. Glad we were able to hear you because we had to try a couple of times. Asia Bonga and Ete Queenie at the Encarta Freedom Party. This is about the, the, the one face, one shirt. Stephen, uh, I'm very disappointed in, in, in what, what the chairman of the party said or how yeah. he conducted himself in the interview. Surely he, he, he did not listen to the interview he had with, the, with Ronald Lamula earlier in the week. <laughs> yeah. I think that's set an example of how People should conduct themselves because when when they fight with you as a journalist, they are not mm. necessarily fighting with you. Mm. They are fighting with us as the listeners, and then we we lose the, the, the opportunity of yeah. getting to understand what's really happening. And and Stephen, in what they are doing, they are doing the good work that they've been doing in trying to change the, the image of mm. the party. Because for some of us who grew up in, in the in the late 80s, early 90s, the IFP was characterized as this this group of individuals. Who don't take different views? Yeah. Who don't who don't want to listen? Yeah. And they've done a good work in changing that image. If, for example, if you look at the guy that could never say, no matter how how much pressure or questions you put on him, 
they still have that mm. cool head and respond to questions. Mm. And I think they have to ref- reflect on what they are doing, especially how the, the GS conducted themselves in that interview. And also, you, you don't have to do what they are doing now at this current moment, because as I'm saying, they are, the focus should not be on the internal uh, party or the party members, but also how we are paid to the members yeah. of the public. If they are squabbling now with the face of which face is on the T-shirt, one cannot help and wonder what will happen when, because the prince is no longer a young man, if mm. that time comes when he leaves this earth. Will these people fight over each other or will they be able to, to sit down and make the way forward? Yeah. As start to wonder now what will happen. And we don't need those things as the members of the public. Because no, we don't. Especially in case that then people are starting to trust the party. If the party shows sign of instability where we are, I think I think that's not good for the party. I hope they'll sit down and reflect on this and and, right, and perhaps right. and stop this what what they're doing. You are right to say it sounds it sounds nonsensical. It may sound good to them as, as the party, but to the public it sounds nonsensical really, and they All must right. drop it. All right, Siabonga, thank you, Nitsikwini. I mean, part of what you're saying, I must say, I agree with quite a lot of what you say, Siabonga. I think particularly if you can't explain something to voters, well, then you've got a problem. You need to, you know, your voters need to understand what you're doing. Uh, Reno in Cape Town, mental health issues. Reno, hi. Good morning. Uh, my my question to the lady that spoke to earlier. Bharti Patel, um, yeah. Yes, I just want to ask, why are there so mentally uh, challenged people roaming the streets? Uh, they, they can't communicate properly. Mm. Uh, they're normally uh, dirty and that. Their hair is untreated. Mm. And nobody hands out anything. They're the bin scratchers. Uh, the government close institutions mm. that used to mm. uh, care for these people. It's heartbreaking to see so many people out there just scratching the bins. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's all I want to say. No, Rena. I mean, we try to discuss homelessness, and and I think there is a link between mentally mental illness and homelessness. I'm not at all saying that everyone who's homeless is mentally ill, um, but 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 I mean, I think that there is something there because I mean, you see it all the time after the pandemic, don't you? Just more and more people, more desperate, walking around looking for help, really. Yes, there's there's, there's you can clearly distinguish between uh, homeless people uh, and mentally challenged people. Mm. There's yeah, those mentally yeah. channeled people don't ask for handouts or for help because I don't think mm. they, they have the ability to do that. And, yeah. and that's why government must step in and take these poor people off the street. Yeah, Reno, thank you. I mean, it's a very difficult debate in many countries because people don't want to leave the streets. Very complicated. Reno, thank you for bringing it to our attention. You're right, too. Dina on the line from Peter Marisberg, the British coronation. Correct, correct. Good morning, Stephen and FASM listeners. I'm co- commenting on St. Charles' coronation. Yeah. There's some calls for Britain to return the first South Africa diamond. Yeah. I think a piece of that scepter, which is going to be King Charles III, will be holding or carrying tomorrow uh, at his coronation, comes under a lot of controversy. There's international outcry and momentum which is growing for the artifacts to be returned to the former colonies, namely South Africa, mm. India, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and many other African countries. I call for more serious discussion and the return of African artifacts to our country. Thank you, Stephen, and 
Have a good day. All right, Dina. Thank you very much indeed. A sort of declaration, if you like, from Dina, I thought, this morning. Uh, I don't know if you agree. I mean, I made the point in the conversation um, with Muslim Dunga earlier that, you know, I think for a lot of people it is just, you know, you hear the coronation and your responses will give us back our diamond. Uh, but Dina, thank you very much indeed. Um, is it Manapa Napa in Etiquini? Hi, good morning. I hope I've got your name correct. No, you've got it. You've got it correct, uh, Steve. Thanks, okay. man, for taking my call. Sure. The, the school yeah. nutrition program. Yes, man. Uh, it's very disturbing at this point in time. Uh, uh, this morning, I, from your sister station, Ukozi, mm-hmm. I had a spokesperson for this uh, Pasani. Uh, for, the, for, the, for the, it's called uh, Pasina Retail. Yes, they said mm-hmm. they they still uh, uh, feeding the schools. Mm-hmm. They still delivering uh, food to schools. But on the other hand, I had the minister, the national minister of education, says they've cut off ties with that. Uh, Yes. Uh, with that uh, uh, supplier. But uh, it's really, really uh, 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 disturbing because this uh, uh, case uh, education department uh, is not new in controversy. You remember that um, their former MEC, Guazim Shengu, hired a, a German car for 90,000 rand a month. Did he? Sure. Yeah. Wow. Yes. yes. That uh, department is marked by uh, so many controversies. So. We need to, uh, uh, someone needs to have a closer look at mm. that one because we've never even had mm. uh, uh, the MEC, the current MEC for education there, uh, mounting any weight uh, regarding this uh, controversy with the sure. school feeding scheme. Yeah, so yeah, that's, it's, that's all what. Uh, Right. I was in my mind this morning. Right. No, no, no. Correctly so. Uh, Monapa yeah. Napa, thank you very much indeed uh, from Etiquini. I must say, I am still disappointed. Uh, I'm not going to go further than that, but you can understand what I mean. In Imbali Fraser, who's the KwaZulu-Natal Education MEC, I still haven't heard her say anything substantive on this. We need to actually put in a bid, ask her to come on. Maybe we'll try that for Monday. Manapa Napa, thank you. Um, lots, A couple of calls coming through around sort of Kazgovadia. Very interesting. <sighs> One of them, those from Mike from Newlands. Hello, Mike. Yes, hello, Stephen, and uh, greetings from the leafy suburbs of Newlands. Uh, on the issue of Cascavadia, I found the whole thing a bit bizarre, I have to say. I totally understand his frustration, or, and I mean it speaks to all of us as to what is really going on in our country. But um, to, to go about what he did, I thought a bit strange. But the strangest thing of all, and the question I would love to have posed it, is where was he going to go with this information? Mm. If he was going to take it to the SAPs, they're going to give it to Becky Telly or give it to the president. So they will manipulate that the way they want it. If he's going to go to the SIU, they're going to take it to the Department of Justice, who will either manipulate it, not pass it on, or pass it on and corrupt it. And if it gets investigated, the police will investigate as per the instructions from the president, because we have no independent body. So he spent $18 million it's like everybody, if you've got evidence of wrongdoing in South Africa, where do you go mm. that it doesn't go directly to our president on his desk and he will then decide? Because everybody that works, uh, he's got working for him, he pays. Those are his employees, not our employees. And that is the question I posed to him. I think it was a wasted effort because I could well have evidence of where am I going to go with it? Well, not to our government. All right. Even, Thank you, Mike. And I'd say have a good weekend, but I'd have to mean it. That's a joke. Mike and Newlands, thank you. Always good to hear. Usually good to hear. Um, let's get another view on that, actually. Bondon York has called in. Bondon York, you know, he's a lawyer in, in, in the Eastern Cape. Bond, hi, good morning. How do you see what was happening at Eskim, this sort of privately funded investigation into corruption there? 
Good morning, Stephen. Uh, your story has got other stories within it, or several <laughs> lawyers. Doesn't it just, yes. Yes, as your night presenter, Kukesa used to say, there are several lawyers to, this, to a certain aspect. Look, if uh, uh, members of the board have got fiduciary duties to the company, including that of disclosure, in Section 76 of the Companies Act, is clear that any information that comes to a director of the board must immediately, he, he or she must immediately inform at his earliest practical opportunity the board that information. You know, so now, interestingly, this information comes from the CEO to a former board member who did not disclose other members or share to other members the information that she got. Instead, went outside to a mm. national organization as a member of so there's a clear breach of fiduciary duty by the by the former board member, as mm. well as a conflict of interest because she selects to inform a national organisation of which she's a CEO of, not fellow members, and that uh, organisation takes the matter further. It's not about cost saving that there's no expenditure on the side of ESCOM. It's about corporate governance that is enshrined in the King Code. You know, you must disclose mm. and you must act. There must be no conflict of interest. Because if you open a small door, even yeah. if it's good, while other, other several doors are opening, they create a situation where there could be a conflict of interest, you know. So you must ask Bosima uh, Voso to account why did she not tell mm. fellow board members and why did uh, address the, the, the rate, sorry, Mr. Mm. Director, not inform the whole board members so that they take a collective decision to select a group to investigate in suspicion of claims. So there's a clear breach of of, of judicial duties mm. and conflict of interest that should be explored. That's that's that, that that's what I can say. It's not good enough for someone, you know, a member of the PLSA to say no uh, could have learned something about this but mm. the matter was urgent. What about other issues that under the Director can could have uh, sent to through Busima Vuso? You know, yeah. so so really it's an unhealthy situation. Busima's account for inaction to uh, to inform the celebrate board members and ESCOM about this. Bon, you thank know? you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think your point about informing other ESCOM board members is really critical. I mean, I don't know if they knew, and you might find some knew and some didn't. I don't know. But I imagine mm. they now, I mean, everywhere they go, they're going to be asked, did you know? Um, and and if not, why not? And that's, you know, we'll see a also for her to answer. And it's not about them to know informally. They are acting, they are the feet, eyes and ears of ESCOM as boards because mm. ESCOM cannot talk, cannot see. So they are not acting for themselves. They are acting for ESCOM at all times. Sure. So informal knowledge is not good enough. You must know formally. Mm. And take a decision collectively, formally, because they're acting not for themselves, for the for ESCOM. Bond, always appreciate your insights and thoughts. Thank you. Bond in York, as you know, a lawyer based in the Eastern Cape. So thank you very much indeed for that. All right, lots to come in the next little while. Uh, Moses, I can see you. Anderson, I see you. Edgar, I see you. We'll take your call, 086-000-2032. What's on your mind this morning? What's your story of the week? What happened to you this week? Call us on 086-000-2032. Let's go to Anderson in the Eastern Cape. Anderson, hi, good morning. You want to talk about councillors in that province? Yes, yes, uh, it's so frustrating because here in the rural areas, we don't use the flashing toilets like people in urban areas. You ask for, 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 for toilets, 
since the uh, the first councillor, I gave him a list of toilets of about twenty-one mm-hmm. toilets, and the same applies with the current ward councillor. Uh, what is so frustrating? Uh, recently, there was a house which was burned by the house uh, at the cell fire. He came, he promised that he's going to tell the social workers to come and evaluate. Nothing of that sort happened. The same same applies with a house that was destroyed by the rain. Those people are are sleeping somewhere in the Mm. the airframe. The situation is bad. Nothing is happening. So the councillors aren't doing what they're supposed to do, Anderson. Which area of the Eastern Cape is this? Ward 21. Ward 21. Where is that? Yeah, in KSP. Oh, I see. All right. And Anderson, I mean, does do, do they just not care? What do you think the problem is? Yeah, we, all they do, they call, they call us to come to the IDPs and or they, they, they are just preaching whatever they are preaching. Now, I'm no longer interested to go to the mm-hmm. meeting. Yeah. Because nothing is, is happening. I'm sure. Yeah. All right, Anderson, I'm sorry to hear that. Look, I mean, very little we can do, but you're right to bring it to our attention on 86 Um, Has anyone else, I mean, we've had different sort of views on what happens in the Eastern Cape when it comes to councillors. Anderson, thank you, and look, good luck to you. Uh, Edgar and Jimison, for you, story of the week. Putco, those services due to be back today. Yes, uh, how are you, Stephen? I'm well, go for it. Good. You know, um, I'm puzzled with this Putco thing. <coughs> Will you be able to find out how much is government uh, subsidizing PADCO? Because if you check, uh, it's the first week of the month and people have already bought tickets for the month and the weekly. Yeah. So if PADCO, they say they don't have diesel, were they not supposed to use the money that they, they, they made from the tickets to buy the, <clears throat> the diesel and then the government will pay them after? Yeah, or so- they solely rely on, on government uh, subsidies? My understanding is that the government subsidies are really important, and I think part of the reason for that is that the petrol price, the fuel, pr- the diesel price, has gone up so dramatically that basically their finances are in a difficult spot. That's my understanding of it, Edgar. Yeah, but then um, is it so bad that like uh, they can't subsidize, like uh, uh, they can't cover for that one day, um, rather than like disturbing people, commuters, right. so, other people maybe have already mm. lost a, a day's pay. For, for, for sure. So what they said yeah. was that um, I think that the subsidy for March hadn't been paid and we're in May now. So this has been going on for a while. And that's the reason is that there's been going on for a while. So um, isn't it part of the, 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 the private company? I think it is, but I've never actually quite understood how it works, to be honest. But I think it is a private company, but it is the subsidy and there's a long-standing agreement. But basically, in the end, they didn't get the subsidy in March. So they try to fund it for as long as they can. They say they told the Gauteng provincial government they'll have to stop operating, and then they did. And then there was that meeting yesterday. So they were using the community, the, the, the community. I, 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 Edgar, they would have to answer that. I, I can't answer that for you. They would have to answer that. Okay. But can you um, just find out how much um, is the government sure. subsidizing uh, Padco? All right, we'll try and find out. It's a lot of money. I know it's a lot of money. Edgar and Germiston, thank you. Moses and Bramley, the Jacob Zuma Foundation. Is this, I don't quite understand this. This is the story, Kamachelo's story in the news bulletins. 
The Jacob Zuma Foundation is taking the president to court because he appointed Judge Zondo as Chief Justice. That story. Yes, uh, Stephen. Good morning. Happy Friday to you, Stephen. And you. Yeah, man. Stephen, it's nice that we've got a constitutional democracy in South Africa. That's good. When our elders negotiated and it comes to a point where we envisage this democracy, we never anticipate, Stephen, that one day we'll have people with uh, inferior uh, motivation mm. that will destabilize our country. You know, I'm talking about these cabals that looted our state to the core, the Jacob Zuma Foundation. Mm. It looted mm. our state to the core during the nine years of, 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 of state capture. Today, they are playing with this constitutional democracy as if they are playing a yo-yo. How could they said they are taking uh, uh, the president, the current one? He's not my favorite person, Cyril Ramaphosa. Mm. He hides the money under the mattress. Mm. I, don't, I don't even, he's not my favorite person. But this democracy is giving, it's protecting those who are elite, those who have looted to the core, Stephen. Do you think there will ever be anybody who will account to, the, to, to, to this mess that they've created us into? Mm. No, Stephen. I mean, these people are, they've looted the money. They, they, they don't even care because the money, they didn't work hard for it. Yeah. That is why they are just going in and out of the court. I mean, if you've got your own money, Stephen, you cannot use that money mm. in that manner. No, I know what you mean, Moses. I mean, I don't know if you know, but the spokesperson for the Jacob Zuma Foundation, Imzunele Mani, he today has left the African transformation movement and is now a card-carrying member, he says on Twitter, of the economic freedom fighters. I don't know what you think of that. You know, you know, Stephen, there are people who know they, they actually have their hands in the cookie jar. Mm. So, uh, collaboratively so, they will want it to protect one another. You see? All the people, the dodgy characters, they will team together. Mm. Be it the EFF, be it the ATM, they will team together so that uh, they would see as if they are doing something. But this is not working for an ordinary person on the street, Stephen. People are suffering. There's no job. We need people who will be account, who will save us from the mess, yeah. who will bring the glory days of our economy. All right. No, Moses and Bramley, yeah, I hear you. All right, lots of frustration. A sniper in the Eastern Cape. Sniper, what a name. Anyway, good morning. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? I'm well. You're not going to take a machine gun approach, eh? You're going to be no, 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 but I'm not. I'm not, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen, I'm, I'm, I'm not a really uh, a big fan of uh, politics, as much as I feel that I should be. Uh, Stephen, I was just listening to the other caller, that called about an hour ago and then spoke about you spoke about uh Bona from Zimbabwe having so many farms, etc. Yes, 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 yes. Even if you look his daughter, yeah. Yes. Even if you look uh currently here in South Africa, <clears throat> we are facing the very same thing. You know, we as normal civilians, we find ourselves not understanding each other, not finding each other, simply because the people that are in power as in our political leaders, it doesn't matter which part they are. It's so difficult, Stephen, to get somebody who puts the country first to mm. say, okay, fine, there is uh, 10 billion that has been put across to say, guys, maybe let's fix the roads or let's help this uh, raw area to try and 
provide some uh, sanitation or whatever it is. You find that that money is being squandered by the very same political leaders who say that they are there to provide or to help the communities, etc. So it's never going to help us if there's people going into um, courts, coming out, mm-hmm. using our tax monies, etc. And at the end of the day, there's nothing that's going to be put across to say, okay, fine, guys, let's try to stop this uh, corruption or whatever. Nobody, Stephen, nobody is going to come in and give us this solution because everybody who is sitting there on top, all they think of is their pockets. Mm. There's nobody who is putting an old lady who's sitting in the rural areas who needs a clinic close to her, who needs uh, you know, medical attention or transportation, etc. Mm. So it's going to be difficult for us to be able to take Africa as a war. It doesn't matter which country in Africa. If you look at it, there's corruption still in Africa. We are battling of which we've got so many minerals if you look mm. into Africa as a war. Yeah. But Sniper, I mean, if you look at American politics right now, or even British politics, you could probably say the same thing. I mean, does Donald Trump really care about anyone apart from Donald Trump? You know, Donald Trump, man, is a different character, man. I mean, I, mean, I agree with you. If you look into but, politics but so is generally, Boris Johnson. I mean, you know, it's the same thing. <laughs> no, yeah, you, you know, but Stephen, if you look into Africa as a war, I think Steve, we've got, Stephen, we've got everything that we need. If you look in, into each and every single country, there is always something that every country can actually contribute into Africa as a whole. Mm. And we can even do our inter, uh, should I say, uh, country uh, uh, trading or whatever to try and better or even minimize this level mm. of uh, unemployment, sure. hunger, sure. etc. But for some reason, I think it all lies in the hands of our politicians, eh? Yeah, well, Sniper, look, development is hard. <laughs> but yeah, Sniper in the Eastern Cape, thank you. I mean, interesting views. Uh, love being with you this week. Uh, we will be back with you on Monday. And thank you very much indeed for taking part in the show this morning. I really appreciate it uh, when you do. Look after yourself. I think it's going to be a busy weekend. I wonder, I don't know, hands up in the control room. You've got four people there. Who says we're going to have a mayor in, on Monday morning and who doesn't? And do we're going to have a mayor on Monday morning? He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not, Zelma says we are, Sunza says we won't, Tato says we won't. Okay, well, we'll see who's right and who's wrong. If there is a mayor on Monday, we'll try and interview them. If there isn't, well, I don't know what we'll do. We'll find something. From Tato, Zelma, Sunza, Mdu, Banyana, myself, look after yourself. Have a good weekend, but please take care. You're with SFM leading the conversation nine o'clock.